0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all the spookies on
1: Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for spookies. And spookies. Happy spooky spookies. And podcasts. Spoopy podcasts. Yes. <laughs> so tonight...
0: You look going... like you were struggling there for like... a minute.
1: It's, it's, <laughs> this,
0: is, this is a struggle. No. <laughs> it's been a rough week. Um, yes. So... Before we get into our episode tonight, guys, about the Keddy Cabin murders, and I'm I'm gonna be straight up with you guys. It's gonna be a heavy episode, so we're gonna try to keep it as you know, we're gonna do our humor when we can, and you know, it's just it's it's a tragedy. Um But before we get to that, we must talk to our small Sarah. Come your buddy <sighs> I Like that.
1: I saw a commercial with them in it the other day. It was pretty funny. He has a new album out. It was for the Grammys, I think, or one of them. I don't know. Is that already over? I don't know.
0: Anyway, I don't... Uh, wait. I don't follow. I think. I, think it, I don't know. I don't. Follow. I don't know because, because either... literally, like, nothing happened last year. I've, I've no. watched no awards. Yeah. No. No, this is true. Okay, guys. So, um, if
1: you are looking for some relaxation especially with spring here oh why not try a bath bomb hold on okay i'm gonna preface so if you guys are looking for some rest and relaxation especially with the springtime being here what better way than with a bath bomb that made me think about Looney Tunes. That's not exactly not what
0: lie. I was doing it from. Not even
1: going to lie. I love <laughs> you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, so, guys, we have dropped the lavender chamomile bath bomb. They are amazing. Um, they're very relaxing. They smell incredible. Uh, all the same natural ingredients as in all the other bath bombs, just with the natural lavender oil, and the real chamomile flowers. So we've got those, the oatmeal honey bath bombs, the orange basil bath bombs, um, the rosebud bath bombs, real rosebuds in the bath bombs. Um, if you guys have been checking on the social media page, um, the prices will be going up $2 on Etsy starting in two weeks. Um two price increases have to happen gotta keep up with supply and demand guys um but, that's how businesses uh, work that's how it works shipping is gonna stay free so um i'm gonna do my best to offset the cost but right now uh it's still just it's still just as reasonable and just affordable as any other bath bombs out on the market but the biggest difference is is that these are homemade made with love Made with care and made with all natural ingredients. Where so... else are you
0: going to get a bath bomb made by Becky? Bath bombs by Becky.
1: That's actually kind of cool.
0: I like that. You're welcome. <laughs> I wonder if I can use that. Anyway, <laughs> you probably could. I
1: wonder if I can use that. Anyway. Bath bombs
0: um, by Becky. So, guys.
1: Uh, for now. B um, squared. Cubed. 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 I was like, wait. Squared wouldn't work. Squared is two. We need more... We needed another beat. Another beat, yeah. <laughs> um, head over to the Etsy shop, guys. Calm your body down on Etsy. Um, buy what you can now while the prices are still um, at what they've been before the price increase happens. Um, again, that's going to be uh, April 2nd, that Friday. Prices will go up, so buy what you can now. Shipping will stay free. Uh, everything is calm your body down. It's on Etsy, on Instagram. Um, and, yeah, thanks again, guys. Come your body down. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was for the Grammys. I think they were all in bathtubs and he had a sucker and he was like, I'm
0: a sucker for you. <laughs> I'm a sucker. He I'm a sucker for you. That's how I. I can't, I can't hear it any other way. That's how Danielle says, "I'm a sucker." Well, that's how he sings. Mm -hmm. He's so nasally. I'm a sucker for you.
1: I'm sorry. That just drives me crazy for so many reasons because I took voice lessons, and that's the number one thing you're told
0: not to do not not sing, sing through your nose, sing through your your diaphragm. It's okay to look fat. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I'm I'm
1: sorry. I yelled, but again, you know, like someone that's taken. If you've taken singing lessons, any kind of chorus or anything like that, you're told to sing from your diaphragm and not out your nose because you're going to sound nasally and for some fucking reason it's worked for Nick Jonas, so, well, yeah. Yeah,
0: but look what he looks like. That's why it works. <laughs> I mean, some of his music's
1: dope, though. I, I like some of his music. I mean, music. I never thought he was attractive till recently. That Jealous video came out. I was like, who is this?
0: Oh my god, when his Tommy Hilfiger shit came out, I was like, Whoa. I was
1: like, what happened?
0: Like you and Demi, I don't know what the fuck puberty like, happened? happened, but it went
1: <laughs> somebody's uh puberty and protein shakes
0: and oh. uh look at Demi Lovato on a her workout, on her Get Some Back workout? album and look at her on her most recent album and you're like that's the same person? <laughs>
1: You know what about her, too? She's got her karma right now, too. She's got all her... vibes in lined. That makes a big difference.
0: That bitch is confident. She is... Oh, my God. I can't... Don't get me started on her. <sighs> I know, guys. We're trying to
1: lighten the mood before we get into the... Um. The so, I didn't actually know this. this,
0: but Becky found... I I am am
1: sorry. I'm trying to find the article that I that I sent you. Do you you. want me
0: to? I have it up. No. This is the one you sent me.
1: Ah. Okay. Thank you.
0: Um. So I didn't actually know this until just a few days ago, but Becky actually was watching, um, people's what's it called? People Magazine. I think
1: it's People Magazine presents.
0: Yeah. And And, uh, there's
1: a whole series of them under the true crime section on Discovery Mm Plus.
0: And there was actually an episode on this and um, I knew about it from reading on the Wikipedia page. I knew a little bit about it from, you know, the strangers being loosely and when I say loosely, I mean loosely based off of what happened. Um, But this documentary put a lot of it into perspective and it was in short, it was just really fucked up. I still, I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, thanks. Because I don't know if that's... <laughs> it was just really, Sorry. really fucked up. It was like not... It was just brutal and awful. So
1: I I believe the way I first found out about them... Thank you. Was on a... I know it was a true crime podcast. It might have been... Um, it might've been mile higher. They might've done an episode about it or okay. It wasn't mile higher, uh, but uh, that's done by a husband and wife team. And uh, the husband, Josh has a podcast he does with his brother called lights out. And that one's just all true crime. Um, And they did an episode about it. So uh, when I learned, when I learned about it, I thought, okay, this'll be a good start to doing we had talked about doing some unsolved crimes and uh i thought not only with this one being tied loose very loosely to uh not only a horror movie but also um it's just yeah it it i don't know i think what really put it into perspective with me that made it more emotional was watching this people yeah magazine documentary because um the sister is still alive and the one of the brothers is
0: still alive. One too. of The brothers is still
1: alive, but the sister has been a lot more kind of public vocal. as far as in vocal with interviews and whatnot. But, um, I think the, it, it's just, I didn't expect to get as emotional as I did at the end of it. It was just really difficult because, you know, at the end of it, when you talk about things like this, you know, we've done so many true crime episodes that, um, even if we, even if we've stayed relatively calm through all of them, like, we just hope you guys know, like, they affect us. Don't oh, think yeah. that they
0: don't, don't, for, don't think for a second that they don't, and- There's a reason why we do one a month. Uh, yeah. Because, let me tell you, when we did Ted Bundy, that one fucked me up really, really That bad. was a little too weird. That that got one, a little
1: too that was a little too too much for me and that was such an early one but that one was just such a
0: Well, I think that's too because we just started doing that and that documentary came out so not only did we watch the documentary, the movie, we read the wikipedia page like back and forth. We did do Richard
1: Ramirez too, right? Cuz that no. kind of okay, no. We
0: haven't done him because of the we kids. We haven't done him yet. Yeah. Cuz we don't like to talk about stuff with kids.
1: Even though this one kind of this one we've we
0: have Done ones with kids, but right. not right. It's Albert Fish.
1: Yeah, and
0: but he's and, not he's not fully kids.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ramirez isn't. Ramirez isn't, and Albert Fish. I just really wanted to do that one because I feel like that one is still some people just don't know about it, and it was yeah. so fucking crazy. And uh, to be quite honest with you guys, time suck. Dan Cummins, his. His Albert Kish podcast is way better than ours. I, I'm sorry. But he's a comic. It's it was really course. funny.
0: He's a that's comic. Ter- he's terrible gonna make it, me
1: to say, but. He's a comic. So he's going to be better at it just because he was really able to make it funny. And that's such a horrific story. I think, you know what I think happens? I think some of these stories that are really, really, really old, it's almost like, and especially his was so outrageous that you were almost sort of disconnected as if it wasn't real. Right. I agree with that. Because not only was it such a long time ago, it was so <laughs> bizarre and so, like, because there's some of them, well, I mean, some of them are like that. This one actually really isn't that old, but, like, one I don't really want to do is Andre Chikatilo. He is. Yeah. We, I do think Woo! we should do one on Richard Ramirez, but. um, Yeah, because we, it, his, oh, his was just very interesting, yeah. mostly because of his background. Yeah. I think that's... I mean, I and the way he what, got caught was pretty rad.
0: The whole to be, fucking town was to just, be like, quite fucking honest, beating him up. To be
1: quite honest, that's probably the number one reason why I want to do one with him, is the way that motherfucker got caught. And I was like, yes! And I mean, like, it's like... Look, I love vigilante justice. I'm, like, all for vigilante justice. I probably shouldn't say that. But, um... Well, Becky
0: told me to do it. I mean, you know... Um
1: yeah so I am we might do that we might do that we might have to do one about him but um this one was just this one was just really difficult i think because when you when you're able to like i think ones that are just unsolved are really just the hardest ones unsolved with kids are the hardest but i think what really made this one was uh, was the hardest was that it was a family and not just that it was just And the sister found them. (laughs) And it's just like, what the fuck? But anyway, guys, we'll go ahead and get into it. Um, We found this really... So Wikipedia had a plethora of information, but I kind of dug a little deeper and found some really great articles. And this one in particular is from um, historicmysteries.com. We like to use Wikipedia. I saw what you did there.
0: (laughs) We like to use Wikipedia a lot because, honestly, Wikipedia is very dope. But sometimes... When it comes to true crime stuff, Wikipedia is like, here's all the info in a terrible way. Outline. Like, yeah, the outline there's like no outline. There's no PowerPoint. It's just like, here's this information.
1: Also, we want to reiterate that when we, and I think I've spoken about this before, when we use Wikipedia, I always, both of us tend to do this, but I know I do a lot. Since Wikipedia cites sources, I check those sources. Because I know there's some people that are like, well, Wikipedia, you can go on and change it. That is true. But if they cite sources, I will look at those sources. And I also, we both do, try to pick topics that other podcasts have done so that we can also cite their sources and gather more information. Because a lot of people will have, especially depending on the case, will have information from everywhere. So that's why citing your sources or checking your sources and citing your sources are so important.
0: And it's important too, to give credit to the people who spent the time to really put these articles together and, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's not hard to just say, Hey, this person wrote this article. Hey, this person did this and give them the credit. I don't understand why that's such a hard thing to do. But thanks Joe Turner for our article this evening. This, this (laughs) article is really streamlined
1: and it's outlined very well. And it really, it breaks down the timeline of everything, especially when we get into, um, basically who I believe did it. We probably just, think the same person. wasn't, you know, it's just Because the police
0: up. were just kind of like,
1: whatever. Well, and I, and how many times have we seen this? Especially back Jeffrey in the 70s. I mean, you know, in the 70s, police... The more and more we do these fucking episodes... What in the fuck was going on with police departments back in the 70s? In the early 80s?
0: They were all smoking weed.
1: Oh my god. Or doing... giving a shit. Doing something, I would say, probably more cocaine. You're right. Than weed. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure cocaine. <laughs> um, we're like... Yeah. Cocaine. <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, um... I think Wait, this is, I'll, I'll do this real quick synopsis if you wanted to read the background part, or then we can just kind of switch off.
0: No! Whichever.
1: Okay, well, we don't
0: have to. We're done. Okay. <laughs> She's just like, okay. Well, that's all, folks. Uh, <laughs> that's so this is
1: the second a- time
0: Looney Tunes has come up today.
1: <laughs> I really love Looney Tunes. Um, so this is called The Unsolved Mystery of the Keddy Cabin Murders. Um, The intro starts with, in the rural town of Keddie, California, a mother and three children were brutally attacked on Saturday, April 11th, 1981. Three of them were murdered that night, and one of the children remained missing until years later. Although the identity of the murderer is still a mystery, new information has surfaced in the last decade that could help to
0: solve the Keddie Cabin murders. Can I just note really quick that I love that shit? When something's like a cold case and they're like, in the last year or so, we have a breakthrough. I love that
1: shit. That was the other thing that I really liked about this case and wanting to pick it is how there have been all of these breakthroughs that have happened. And I mean, very recently, like within the last year. So that's been really exciting that there might actually be a break in the case. Um, it's a, It states, please note that there is a lot of misinformation published online about these murders. And although we have attempted to sort through it with due diligence... Even the most credible sources do not agree on all details. So again, like we said, sources as many as possible are always important. So we're and I super
0: super loved that they did that yeah. because they were also like, hey, we have done our best to get the best possible information to you, but that was hard
1: to do. You know, Timesuck will do that a lot. Like they're uh, they have a whole Dan has a whole team of people that really do the best they can, but sometimes there's just a lot of cases where it's like, look, information. Especially if they're doing something in another country, too. And and stuff is in a different language and you can't find translations. They're like, we did the best we can to research this as much as we possibly can. But either A, there weren't translations. Or B, there just wasn't a lot of credible sources. Or even any at all.
0: That's why, like, we always say, like, if you guys hear something on here that's wrong and you have a credible site source to say, like, hey, that was actually wrong. Here's the correct information. We don't care. We want to know what's right. We want to know the right thing. Like, don't feel hesitant to be like, well, I I can't do that. Yes, you can. We're all people. We all can learn. We all can grow. Also, these victims were people and um,
1: I just think it's so important to be respectful of them and their memory because if it was me or someone that I loved and <clears throat> it remained unsolved like i would want the utmost respect for them in mentioning anything about it and just trying the best you can to get the facts straight just out of out of respect right obviously
0: so glenna which she goes by sue sharp was a dark-haired attractive single mother with five children everyone called her sue in 1979 she left her abusive husband Her brother, who would help her and the children start a new life, lived in Quincy, California, about 150 miles north of Sacramento. Sue packed her children up and moved across the country from North Carolina to the Golden State. They lived in a trailer park for a a short time, and then Sue decided to move just five miles from Quincy into the mountains to a place known as the Keddy Resort. On a busy railroad terminal in the Sierra Nevada Mountains, Keddy had lost much of his population after the railroad closed down. The town tried to reinvent itself by becoming a recreational camping and hiking resort area. However, when this failed, the Keddie Resort owner, Gary Molleth, turned a series of cabins into low-income rental housing. Sue's ex-husband was in the military when they had divorced, and the Navy gave her $250 a month to start her new life. She also worked a part-time job at the Quincy Oaks Lodge. With the little money she brought in, she rented Keddie Cabin 28 in the fall of 81. Over the next few months, she worked hard to turn their New Mountain community into a permanent home for the children. John, who was 15, he was the oldest boy. The oldest girl was Sheila, who was 14. Tina was 12. And the two younger boys were Rick and Greg, 10 and 5. So I
1: believe who's still alive is Sheila and then Rick and Greg.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Always busy trying to better her situation, Sue took a typing class with financial aid. Neighbors said for the most part she kept to herself, but the family was integrating well. The children were attending school in Quincy and making friends. From the front door, their small wooden cabin opened to the living room. Beyond the living room was the kitchen and two bedrooms. The girls shared one, and the younger boy shared the other. The oldest boy, John, who got the ground floor basement all to himself. From the ground level in the back of the house, a flight of stairs led up to the main area. I can read this. Okay. Um,
1: On April 11, 1981, Sue and the kids were in and out of the cabin throughout the day. A neighborhood boy, Justin Eason, would spend the night with Sue's two youngest sons that evening. The three three youngsters were hanging out at the house since the afternoon. The oldest boy, John, and his buddy, Dana, had spent the day in Quincy. Around 1.30, Sue and her oldest daughter, Sheila, went to pick up John and Dana in Quincy. Then at 3.30, the two teenagers had headed out again. They had planned to return home later that night. Sue urged them not to hitchhike, but passerby spotted John and Dana on a street corner trying to flag a ride home around 9.30 or 10 that evening. Sue had spent the the latter afternoon with Sheila and Tina. In the evening, the two girls went to the Seabolt family house next door in Cabin 27, just 15 feet away. There, they visited their friends and watched TV. Sheila would spend the night at the Seabolt's. Tina, on the other hand, went home around 9.30 and planned to sleep in her own bed. The next morning at seven eight, at around seven a.m., Sheila returned home from her sleepover next door. When she opened the front door to the living room, there was a massacre. Blood was everywhere. The living room was in complete chaos, and Sue, John, and John's friend Dana were dead on the floor. God, I feel so sorry for. Oh, it was, this almost reminds me of another murder where, like, a friend sleeps over and it's just, like, wrong place at the wrong time and then they get murdered along with the family. It's just, it's even more awful. Um, they had been bound with electrical cording and uh, medical tape around their wrists and ankles. After she saw the gruesome scene, Sheila ran back to the next door cabin to get help. While the Seaboltz tried to calm the distraught girl, their teenage son, Jamie, went to cabin 28 to see if anyone was still alive. The three boys in the house, Rick, Greg, and their friend Justin, were all safe in their bedroom. They were still asleep and seemingly unaware of what happened. Jamie ushered them out of the house and through the bedroom window
0: to protect them from the horrific scene. This is what gets me. How in the hell did they not hear that?
1: How? kids can't be that heavy of
0: sleepers. I mean, I unless I just, they immediately taped their mouths. That's yeah, and that's like the only thing I but can the thing think is, of like, they would have. It had, had to have been more than one person because if you're taping one person's mouth, another person's going to be screaming. Yeah. And you're going to motherfucking tell me these kids not hear them screaming?
1: Yeah. That
0: blows my it mind. Was
1: basically in the next room. I I it just it's boggling my mind how and they legit, didn't I not see how anything. one or two, but all three of them. I, 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 who knows? I, who knows at this point. Um, but just again, so we can give the names again, it was Sue Sharp, her son John, uh, her daughter Tina. Well, we find out later. Um, and then just an unfortunate bystander in all of this, uh, the friend Dana Wingate. Um, Police, began, police arrived at around 8 a.m. and began their investigation. Sue and John had suffered similar types of wounds. <clears> throat> their throats were slashed, and both of them had multiple stabbings and blunt force trauma to the head. Dana also had uh, severe head injuries, uh, but he was uh, strangled. Sue was gagged deeply with a bandana and her underwear. Tape was secured and with the gag in place she was naked from the waist down but there was no sign of a sexual assault blood patterns indicating that her legs were initially splayed apart but someone moved her and covered her body with a yellow blanket after the murder it's still unclear when this happened or who did it the boys bodies had also been moved
0: that makes me think that the person gave a shit like you know what i mean when you cover someone like that you care
1: like one yeah the, like obviously one of what's happening
0: like you'd be one like of them they did. really care no they 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 did that because there's a little there's a tiny tiny you know, little, what, remorse you know what i was also thinking too if
1: they gagged her and maybe not the other three she they could have been they the killers could have been telling her to tell them to be quiet because if the kids are that scared you know and their mom's like you guys need to be quiet you guys need to be quiet the kids are probably thinking, well, maybe if we're just quiet enough. Yeah. Because I've heard that in a lot of these cases, like... Or maybe... There could be Maybe they didn't...
0: did it not to wake them.
1: Yeah. So they didn't kill them, too. Because that would have happened. It would have. It definitely would have happened.
0: Because they... Uh, was the person aware that the other people were up there? Probably not. Yeah. So that could be another reason why they didn't hear them. They were like, shh, don't wake them. Like, the mom probably just kind of looked at the kids, like... Don't say anything. Like, yeah.
1: if they don't know the if other they three if areas, they
0: hear us screaming, they're going to come running, and then they're also going to get killed. Yeah. So that that does that does make sense, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're so, fine. So, um, given the extent of the brutality of the Kenny Cabin murders, there was plenty of evidence left behind. Investigators discovered two bloody knives, out <sighs> of breath, two bloody knives, a hammer, and a plastic piece from a BB gun. The weapons included a steak knife that came from Sue's kitchen. And they also found a bloody fingerprint on the handrail leading down from the back door. Blood was all over the victims, the floors, the walls, the ceilings, uh, both bedroom doors, and on the railing of the outside stairs. However, the perpetrators did not leave, blood, leave behind any blood of their own. If they suffered injuries during the event, it wasn't serious, although they did leave some DNA on a piece of tape. Due to the chaos, it took police quite a few hours before anyone realized that Tina was nowhere to be found. There were some bloodstains on her bedding, which suggested she might have been kidnapped from her bed after the murders. Unfortunately, many hours passed since her disappearance, and the chance of finding of anyone finding her nearby was slim. Some neighbors near cabin twenty eight reported that muffled screams or groans woke them up between one and two AM. Unfortunately, they can't determine where the screams where the sounds came from and went back to sleep. Well, that right there just kind of knocked our theory. Yeah. The three boys who survived said they slept through it. Considering the level of violence that took place, this seems impossible. Although the murderers must have been aware of the three boys remaining boys in the cabin. Investigators theorize that someone might have interrupted the murders taking place before the culprits had a chance to kill the younger children in their bedrooms. Later, police learned that maybe not all the boys had actually been asleep. It was evident that Sue had put up a fight during the attack she, as she had defensive wounds on her arms. Oddly, John and Dana did not have any defensive wounds or blood under their bindings. Therefore, it appears they did not have a chance or chose not to fight back. All of their injuries happened after their killers tied them up. Findings confirmed that the weapons used on the victim's heads were two different hammers and a BB gun in Sue's case. The plastic piece that, came, that the police found in Cabin 28 matched up to a Daisy 880 BB gun. Additionally, the same gun matched the impressions that the butt of the gun left on Sue's head.
1: I mean, you would have had to hit somebody pretty fucking hard for a piece of the gun to fly off.
0: Well, yeah, like because it's a BB gun, too. It's That's it's... insane.
1: BB guns are not that heavy. They're not. I mean, yeah, so... Jesus Christ. You know, it's... When you said personal, that was the one thing that got me about this, was how savage it was. When, when crimes of passion happen like that, nine times out of ten, they either know the person... Or they were rejected by the person. It's it's one or the other. Yeah. It's it's someone that they know that knew them, that they fucked over, or maybe didn't know, and something and but they rejected them in some way. And that just it triggered triggered something and and that's what did it. Because this was for this crime scene to be as brutal as it was, this was not a random thing. No, you don't just randomly do this. It's if it's random, it's a lot more methodical. It's thought out. It's planned. When it's a crime of passion, it's a free for all, and that's exactly what. And this also, look like I feel a like free-for-all.
0: if if it's it's not this torture, this this kind of torture is not because you're killing for fun. Yeah. No. 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 No, not, you not were this. killing with a purpose. Not if there's blood everywhere.
1: And, you're and killing you're with doing, a purpose. Yeah, no. Hammers and all. Yeah, no. No. Um, as far as finding the suspects, despite multiple evidence and few suspects, no arrest took place. Many people believe that the police were either incompetent or corrupt and that they covered up the crime for some reason. Well, we know that happens. It was true that investigators failed to log numerous pieces of evidence and overlooked leads. Around a month after the K- Keddie murders had taken place, the neighborhood friend Justin, who was one of the survivors, had told his therapist that, that he was having dreams about the murder. In his dream, he had tried to stop the bleeding in Sue's chest with towels and he covered her with a blanket.
0: That's right. I
1: remember this happening. Yep, was it possible that he either witnessed the murders or woke at some point during the night and blocked it out? He was placed under hypnosis in an attempt to recall any details of the night. Justin said that he was watching TV in the boys' room before he fell asleep. He began hearing noises out in the living room and claimed to have seen Sue with two men. One of them was a tall blonde with a mustache, while the other was shorter, dark-haired, and clean-shaven. Justin recalled that both of them wore glasses and that the two older boys, John and Dana, came home while Sue was talking to the men. Somehow this erupted into a bout of violence between them, which resulted in the murders. Justin also claimed that Tina came out shortly after and one of the men abducted her abducted her out the back door although the story is intriguing Justin may have gotten information about the case from the media during the four weeks since the murders Additionally some sources say that on the hypnosis tapes the police made suggestions to Justin during the session so, well, that sucks so that could have been so that could all just be a
0: crock like yeah uh so
1: Tina is believed to have been present at the crime scene of the caddy cabin murders the clue suggested that the perpetrators had abducted her because she was a minor the initial search was solved or sorry the initial search involved the fbi but for some unknown reason they quit investigating for about a month i'm telling you police fucking failed this case that's just the bottom line of it so it wasn't until three years later almost to the day on april 22nd 1984 when ronald padrini reported that he was in the woods about 90 miles southwest of Ketty when he stumbled upon something suspicious, and while he was supposedly collecting cans, a human skull and mandible had turned up. Investigators had initially thought that it belonged to uh, Native Americans. Um, however, an anonymous call to the sheriff's office reported that the remains belonged to Tina Sharp. Two months later, a forensic analysis of the teeth confirmed that they were indeed Tina's remains. Bitch, you gonna
0: motherfucking tell me that the guy who called that in wasn't the one who did it? One of them, yeah. He knew exactly where that body was. Yeah. You're gonna say someone said, "Well, they they found a skull. Oh, that was Tina's." Wait, where'd you find that? Oh, that was Tina's.
1: Yeah, that anonymous call was definitely one of the killers. Most definitely one of the killers. Near her bones in the woods, detectives also discovered a pair of jeans with a missing back pocket, a blue jacket, a blanket, and an empty surgical tape dispenser. However, none of the evidence helped
0: the investigators find the killers or determine how she died. So, a person matching the description Justin gave became a primary suspect in the investigation. His stepfather, Martin Smart, also known as Marty. This motherfucker. Let me tell you, if there's a hell, him and a few other ones, I... yeah, Yeah. Him and Ted... Uh, Marty, his wife, Marilyn, and Marilyn's two sons lived in cabin 26 near the Sharps' house just across the lane. Marilyn and Marty happened to be taking the same typewriting class that Sue was enrolled in. Most descriptions of Marty say that he was an unsavory individual with a criminal record and mean demeanor. He admitted that he had a problem with his temper and Marilyn had claimed that he tried to run her and her son over. Oh, that's lovely. You know, I get bad too, but I don't try to run over people. I have literally never tried to run a person over. No, not even an animal. Let alone a child. Right.
1: I hit a possum one time. My own child even? I hit a possum one time and broke down in the middle of the road. (laughs) And it was a possum. And those little motherfuckers. But I cried. So, yeah. I'm not running I, I ran over a squirrel once. I'm not running anything bad. over.
0: During his interrogation... Ow. Oh, I'm no. sorry, Did I had an open your... spot in my... <laughs> during his interrogation... She Mark... has an open wound. I have a wound. I have a wound! A I... wound! Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, during his interrogation, Marty offered to the police that his hammer with a blue handle had gone missing. Also, he told investigators that his stepson, Justin, might have seen something on the night of the murder without the killer detecting the boy. However, investigators didn't address these statements and the police did not arrest or interview Marty again. After his interrogation, he left Keddie, went to live in Reno for a time, moved to Oregon, and died there in 2000 from cancer-related issues. Later, it came to light that he was a personal friend of the local county sheriff, Doug Thomas, at the time of the crime. Moreover, it appears that Marty had actually confessed to the murders to two different people, However, investigators must have buried these facts until 2016 when new discoveries reignited the case. Marty counters... Marty's counselor at the Veterans Administration in Reno told police that he confessed to killing Sue and Tina but not the two boys. Yeah, he was a Vietnam vet, so he was
1: seeking treatment um, for PTSD at the Veterans Administration Council and a lot of people say that like, it's just that that as soon as he came back from Vietnam, it was like he was. I don't know how how much he was before, but that was mentioned in the documentary. Like, yeah. As soon as he came back, how how just really mean he was, and that Justin was terrified of mm-hmm. him. Like who was he in particular? Out of how many boys did Marilyn have? Two. Mm-hmm. Out of the two, well, she boys, had three. Three. Out of the three boys, he he in particular. Used to really go after Justin, and Justin was just was just terrified of him. Was really terrible. No, she had two sons. I'm two, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, they that Justin used to take the brunt of it, and he was terrified of him. So I think Justin saw. I think I think Justin saw his stepfather murder. I think I think he wanted Sue, and she was like, uh, no. And he went insane. But it would
0: make perfect sense for Justin to to block that out. Oh, of course. If that's what happened, it would make perfect sense for him to block that out. Because he was terrified, so yeah. Um, According to the story, Marty said he was angry that Sue convinced Marilyn to leave him. On the other hand, his reason for killing Tina was that she saw everything. As a result, he couldn't allow her to live. Although the counselor initially reported Marty's statements to the police not long after the killings, they didn't log the information as evidence or follow up with this information. How was that not I, evidence? I just... I can't. I can't. A few years later, his wife Marilyn said that she had found Tina's bloody jacket in their basement and given it to the police during the earlier investigation. Can we just stop right there? The fuck? Unfortunately, there is no, no record idea. of this ever yeah. happening. If she turned in the jacket, once again, it was not acknowledged as evidence. Marilyn said later in a 2008 documentary she believed Marty was the perpetrator and that he had even confessed in writing to her. In a letter, he said, I've paid the price of your love, and now that I've bought it with four people's lives, you tell me we are through. Great. What else do you want? The police never admitted this letter as evidence.
1: Yeah, they remember they showed that mm-hmm. in the documentary? Like, it was just so nonsensical, the way he was going on and on in this letter, and then that was towards the end of it. Like, I Why are we the... not following this shit up? Like, I, I killed four What's so fucked up is the way this reads to me is like I killed four people for you. Like what more do you want? And she's like, I'm trying to ask you to kill four crazy mother. I think I think that either he wanted Sue or he was mad that Sue was trying to destroy his marriage or one or the Probably other. Probably
0: trying to get Marilyn away from him. Yeah. You know,
1: if her and Marilyn because were... she because he was so violent. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not sure how to pronounce his last name. Is it boobed?
0: I was gonna say boobed or boobity, but it's probably we'll not. We'll say boobity. boobity. Asshole, boobed. Um, so boobity he's... is funny. <laughs> it, it really is.
1: Uh, so Marty's friend. I John... feel like this is Marty had a friend. Marty had a friend. Boobity. <laughs> Sounds like giggity. Sounds like boobity. <laughs> John. Booty. This guy's a fucking Giggity. asshole, though. Uh, okay, maybe it's Bobity? He went by Bo, apparently. That's what it says later on in this. So we'll just call him Bo. Uh, so can I just interrupt in it, this? I hate a really this funny guy. story.
0: So my co-worker gets a call today from this woman she does not know and she goes, hey, boo! <laughs> and she was like, the bank only ended up making me pay $11 for this $500. And she's like, yeah, that's great. Um, You have the wrong number. And then hung up. And this woman has proceeded to try to call her all day. And I was like, but, she, but she's your boo. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. I got that. nothing. Because <laughs> I'm just
1: like, what? Mm-hmm. Random calls like that are always pretty funny. She's like, I let her go on her spiel before I was like... I got a random text one time similar to that where I was actually, like, worried. Like, I hope everything's okay. What (laughs) what was the text? Do you remember? I can't even remember, but it was something like... It was something about, like, a guy's car broke down, and I was like, dude, I'm not...
0: I hope it all works out. I was so worried. I'm like, I'm invested now. I don't even know. I got a call from a fucking dude who left me a message that said... I keep getting calls from this number. Everybody Would you stop fucking me calling me? I'm going to get the police involved. And I'm like, sir. So I've never called you. <laughs> I was so scared because he sounded so mad. And he was from like the, the 513 area code. And I'm like, this bitch is going to fucking find me. <laughs> like, and I'm going to be like, sir. I have no Look idea. at me. Like, he sounded like a dude and like, i want to I be would, like sir look at me why would i call you i have no i have no i have no beef but
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think uh, robo calls and then they sell numbers so if you yeah i think that's how that happens and those are the people i really feel sorry for because then you get caught in the crossfire and you're like i have <laughs> i have no i i literally have no idea i'm i don't I, i'm I third don't, party i don't know <laughs> i
0: don't know <laughs> um so, so Bo, Bo-, and Marty,
1: right. <laughs> Bo and Marty were friends because they were both receiving post-traumatic stress uh, disorder treatment at the Veterans Administrative Hospital nearby. Um, the night of the murders, Marilyn, Bo, and Marty had been out together at a local bar. All three returned home later, uh, but Marty and Bo went out again. When they returned to the bar much later, they were wearing suits as if they had just spent the evening at a business meeting. One theory is that they really wanted people to notice them, of course, because that's a alibi during the interrogation after the murders uh told police that he worked as a police officer in chicago for 18 years however this turned out to be untrue yeah his was insane because like there was stuff he was saying where it's like you don't think that's going to be able to be cross-checked that you were if you're gonna lie about something like that 18 fucking years dude that takes one um, that takes I have, one phone call. I have a PhD It takes one phone call. Okay. I have a, I yep, have a PhD in
0: forensics. Me
1: too. Actually, um, honestly,
0: with as much as I know about forensics. It's... <laughs> um
1: he also exaggerated about how long he had actually lived in Ketty. Additionally, he said that Marilyn was his niece, which was also false.
0: This batch is a paranormal- wow pathological liar. I almost said paranormal liar. Um <laughs> what? He only lies Let's hope not about
1: ghosts. <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, some sources claim that he had actually had a crush on Sue and that she had rejected him twice. Um, I think they both did, to be honest. Yeah, probably. They they were both just sick in the head. Or very it very well likely could be that Bo wanted her, and not only did she not want him, she also didn't want Marty to be with Marilyn because Marty's piece of shit. Yeah, they both are, they pieces, both are of shit. pieces of shit. Despite his lies and inconsistencies in his stories, police cleared him as a suspect. Wow. Later, investigators learned that he had had a criminal record and was working as an enforcer with the mafia in Chicago. Investigators believed that he was cooperating with the Department of Justice as an informant, and this may have been the reason that the Department of Justice in Sacramento had stepped into the Ketty case early. But curiously, instead of sending homicide detectives, they sent organized
0: crime investigators... It is unclear I feel what- like at this point, that if these two looked at the police and said, we did it, they'd be like, oh, that's not evidence. You're I feel dismissed. like,
1: I feel like if this guy, how important of an informant was he to the Department of Justice that he practically, like you said, if he could have just said, I did it, how important was he as an informant that he could have, that, that they would have literally let him get away with murder? How important?
0: Just because you're so there were so three does not mean you're above the kids. Law. There were three kids. That didn't seem to fucking. Care. I mean, not just Sue, but
1: there were three children, and and I. Oh my God, there's so oh. much about. Uh, it's unclear. I I know. I don't know where that sound came from, but I'm <laughs> I'm flustered. Uh, it's unclear what evidence links him to the mafia. Nonetheless, it raises many questions. Was this why detectives never adequately investigated John? Is this why detectives seem to turn a blind eye to many clues and disregarded evidence? And were they just simply... Like I said, was he that important of, a, of an informant to protect that they just let him get away with murder? Uh, so conveniently, John left Ketty after the murders, returned to Chicago, and died in 1988. <laughs> conveniently. And again, if there's a hell, I hope him and Marty are getting butt-fucked by Satan in it. Um yeah but
0: with the pitchfork all of it because not him the
1: satan from south park has one of them and then Sudan hussein has the other one is that right guy <laughs> that's for the old school south park fans out oh my there. god <laughs> this is taking it way fucking <laughs> back um so there have been new developments as we mentioned in 2013 the Plumis county sheriff greg hagwood hired Mike Gamberg as a special investigator. Gamberg was a young deputy when the Keddy Cabin murders occurred. However, he did not have any involvement in the case at the time. Since his recruitment in 2013, he's made several new discoveries. Uh, He located in that year the anonymous 911 phone call, uh, the one that surfaced uh, after Tina's remains were found. Mysteriously, it was found in the bottom of an unopened evidence box. Okay, this is how you know police were involved with this, that there were corrupt police involved with this back in the early eighties. Gamberg sent the tape to other law enforcement agencies for analysis and possible leads. In 2016, a man sweeping around with a metal detector found a hammer in a dried up pond near Ketty's entrance. Um, now, the way we heard the story on the documentary was that he found it. He didn't think anything of it and threw it in the pond, but then later researched about the Ketty cabins found out about the murders, found out about a hammer being linked to the murders. Um, Told him where it was. Yeah. uh, He contacted a website. The website contacted the police and divers found, found the hammer. Not, not much longer after that. Um, And again, this hammer directly matched. Yeah. I mean, Marty said it had a blue hammer. That's exactly. Yeah. This, this hammer's. I mean, look, if he said there was a hammer and there's this fucking blue hammer found all these years later, like, I, look, some things are coincidences and some things just are what the fuck they are. Gamberg also discovered a hunting knife in Ketty under some junk and sent that in for further analysis. Uh, then in April of 2018, Gamberg matched the DNA from the murder scene to a known living suspect. Since then, there unfortunately have been no arrests made and the names have not been released to the public. Nevertheless, Gamberg says that six people may have been six people may have been involved. Two of the suspects, Marty and Bo, are dead. The other four are still alive. And Gamberg stated they better batten down the hatches because we're coming. We're continuing with the investigation and we're doing interviews and we have several persons of interest. The results of the analysis and the tests are unknown, and as far as the person who gave John and Dana a ride home, Gamberg indicates that he identified a woman and he has interviewed her. Ooh. Oh, it's this web, okay, so the guy, it's actually, uh, Casper's gonna mention this website, it's called ketty28.com, so the guy that found I remember him hammer- talking about it on the, on the, inter- on the- the, uh, the documentary. documentary. He. This was the website that he uh, got involved with that later
0: went and told investigators about the hammer that they found. So it goes by the name DMAC. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. So Gamberg, who is the owner of Keddy28, goes by the name DMAC. He that Sue Sharp and Marty Smart were having an affair. Gamberg thinks at the same time, Sue was counseling Marilyn to leave Marty. DMAC does not agree on this point. But some investigators believe Marilyn was somehow complicit in the murders. It seems possible that Marilyn learned about an affair between Marty and Sue. The statement from Marty's letter, what else do you want? Something like Marty's asking, in addition to what you've already asked for, what more do you want me to do? Oh, like Marilyn told him to kill her, which... Like, I've already killed four I mean, people, what else do you want? I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, well, not that far off from believing that.
0: Marilyn moved out of cabin 26 the day after the murders. Also Weird. Investigators claim that she was having her own affair at the time she remarried and is still alive. There's just after Sue Sue Sharp's surviving children left California to live with an aunt. Unfortunately, they later, later went into foster care as their aunt had several children and couldn't handle more. Sheila has spoken out about the horrific incident in several interviews. She mentioned, however, she doesn't like, she doesn't talk to her brothers about it because she wants to protect them. Relatives of the victims and public anxiously await the day when the investigators bring justice to the killings of Sue, John, Tina, and Dana. Over the years, the Keddie Resort fell into disrepair and in 2004, Cabin 28 was demolished. The entire site has since been abandoned.
1: There are still cabins at the site. Um, typically they get homeless vagrants, um... Actually, more recently, they've been getting a lot of ghost hunters. I
0: can can see why.
1: I have been hearing about uh, paranormal evidence, strange screams at night, orbs, um, a lot of different things happening around the area of of, uh, where Cabin 28 was at the time.
0: I, mean, um, I can only imagine. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, and this was Indian land, too. So, you know, you mix that in with everything else. You know, you're just... It's just an appetite for disaster. But um, a lot of people failed. Yeah. Big time.
0: I mean, just reading
1: what we read. They really did. I feel they like failed. it could have been solved. They failed. Also, the descriptions... So, the, the website shows the sketches that Justin gave when he was under hypnosis. And let me tell you, this looks exactly like Marty and John. Yeah, it does. They look exactly like Marty and John. If you look up pictures of what Marty and John look like, this is exactly, these sketches look exactly like them. So whether Justin at any point was coerced during the hypnosis session by police or not, I, I mean, that's neither here nor there, but I can tell you one thing. It solves with where the blanket situation came in that covered Sue later. And um this police sketch is I, I don't know how much I've always thought police sketches were really iffy. Some have been spot the fuck on, and yeah. some are like, oh, I don't know. But this one is spot the fuck on. These yeah. it looks like them. It looks like them. I don't I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's just really it's just people, really fucking sad. Because I feel like if people did their jobs and there weren't dirty
1: cops... John was failed, Tina been, was failed, Sue was failed, and Dana was failed. They it would have been
0: solved. Honestly. Well, like and the fact have.
1: that Marty was friends with the police chief... Come on. And then John was supposedly
0: some informant... Now, do I think maybe six people were involved? Mm. I don't think six people were. I think... But Marilyn might have been. What I
1: think about them saying six people were involved was I don't think that six people were there at the time of the murders. I think John and Marty committed the murders, but there's four other people that helped hide oh. evidence. And if known that's what about they mean it, by that. Oh, fuck yeah. So that I helped, feel like Marilyn oh, might have been part of it. Oh, oh, for sure. She found Tina's jacket, but that's some bullshit that she turned it over to. Ble- I don't believe that for a fucking second. I don't believe anything Marilyn says.
0: Oh my God. I think
1: those two had a really fucked up marriage and Sue tried to step in and help and had no idea what the hell she was getting herself into. No, Clearly not. I mean, and that happens. Yeah. That's why I stay the fuck out of other people's business. If it ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't give a fuck. I stay out of your business. And I think unfortunately Sue got wrapped up. I don't I don't think that she was necessarily then again. I don't know. I don't have all the facts as far as that goes. I don't think she was necessarily having the affair. I I could see how they could how DMAC could point that out. But what I truly think was is I think Marty and Marilyn had some really twisted. Fucked up marriage had some, had some just, I think he was sleeping around. I think she was sleeping around. I think they just both had this weird, toxic marriage going on. And unfortunately, Sue stepped right in the middle of that without knowing. And I think, I think Marty had some weird psycho sexual fantasies about her. I think, I think they were swingers. I think Marilyn could have had some weird sexual fantasies feelings about her, John probably did too. I I just, I'm, I just think the whole thing I think they were just all fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Sue just unfortunately being a sweet, kind woman moving to a new neighborhood after, after coming out of such a, a terrible abusive situation, I think she was just trying so hard to maybe make new friends Have her kids, you know, and they all had kids and and their kids were friends with her kids. They live right next door. You just moved. You're trying your best to get to know people and make some friends. We're all in the same typing class together. And she just walked into a steaming pile of shit and she had no idea. And I think by the time she tried to back out of it, it was too late. It was just too late. It's sad. There's just some crazy fucking people in this
0: world. Oh my god! And I'm telling we you, we've been literally if anything, talking about if this anything, just about all fucking days. It day. just teaches
1: me that I keep my fucking circle small. I mind my goddamn business. If you don't know me, stay out of my motherfucking business. This is why. I, I, this is why I used to be. I used to be like that because I'm an empath
0: and I don't know how to set boundaries. Oh, believe me, I'm learning. I'm how to working do that on that now.
1: now. I'm working on that I'm Like, look, just because I'm friendly with you doesn't mean I like you. I just don't know how to sit
0: back. I just must have that face where someone walks up to me and they're like, you We are do my bartender. We do. We Let do. me tell you everything. We do. About You're my, my hairdresser, like... my
1: bartender, my therapist, my waitress, my customers. <laughs> You're everything. We do. We have it's because we're empaths. We That's why. It. That's why. And this is where we, we have someone.
0: Loving at the buff <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, and this is what I'm learning now too. And I think I think Sue fell victim to that because I've ste- I've stepped into that shit before. I I have been there, trying to make friends, and you're trying, and then I've and been then all sweet. of a sudden, and then all of a sudden you step in, and then you're like, oh. Oh no! These people are fucking crazy. Oh my god! Oh my god! I gotta get out! I gotta get out! I gotta get
0: out! Mine wasn't like that, but I have been in the between a rock and a hard place where I was friends with both the husband and the wife, and I knew that one of them were cheating, and I was stuck in that spot because I was friends with both of them. Where I'm like,
1: oh, I never got stuck in that. I just got stuck in the. I got stuck in where a couple they were just they were both nuts. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they were both
1: crazy. And I was like, oh my God. Same. I got sister and her husband. I got to get.
0: <laughs> but they're a good crazy. No, I'm kidding. They're not crazy. I love you guys so much. <laughs> See, there's good crazy. My there's... sister don't even listen to this. She and can't then even down. listen to this. She's like, I'll have nightmares all the time. Fine. I can't. Um,
1: <laughs> no, I just, no, my situation was, they were both crazy. Ugh. And it was like, once, once I figured it out, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I got to
0: get you it. You drop me crazy. I just can't sleep. I was not excited. I, I that's was, why. I was but like, I was
1: in too deep. <laughs> but I was not excited. You're like I wasn't
0: excited but at I was all. in Too deep at all.
1: Like I'm not all.
0: excited. I'm in too deep. <laughs> you know how I got out of it though?
1: I quit the fucking job I was at. And I never, go. Saw, never, ever, <laughs> never
0: saw. ever. Never saw them again. Like, they live in
1: another state. It's fine. Like I'll. <laughs> I will literally the 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 chances of me ever ever Chances crossing are. paths would never happen. But yeah, just, it's, yeah, you can't. Sometimes you will see, again, another thing we were talking about. Some things you will see, sometimes you will see things from the outside, but if you lead in with your heart and not with your head, it's clouded. Situation situation's clouded. And then all of a sudden when the clouds clear and everything's bright and sunny, and then you see it, you're like,
0: so we're and like, then, bitch, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, yeah, or that, or both. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. But again, just you know, I want to name the victims again: John, Tina, Glenna, now by Sue and uh, Dana. This is just a really, really horrible, tragic murder. And I, I really, I think that the reason why they're they're keeping so tight lipped on this, on not giving anything out is because these cops you know they they were i think one of them they interviewed in the he had a personal connection like he knew yeah. soon. he was he starting knew, to
0: cry towards the end it's of it. uh and that's
1: what got me um yeah you have officers i mean fucking a almost 30 years later but you finally have officers that care
0: And And I think that they're trying. They know the media would go insane. Yes, they're
1: trying to. They're they're trying to do this the right way. They're trying to respect the victims and do this the right way so that they actually get justice. And I just want this justice. I just really, really want this to happen before Greg, Rick, and Sheila die. Like I want it. I want it to happen. I want. Greg, Rick, and Sheila to see this happen. And I want Dana's family, whatever family is out there of his. I want I want the families to still be around to see them get justice. Because, you know, I was saying, I, I got real emotional. When I was talking to my husband after the documentary and I said, you know, if this was me or if this was you, God for fucking bid, or somebody that I really, really, really loved, I would never want anyone to forget.
0: Well, of course not. Ever,
1: you know, and that was another thing that was so important in me doing this podcast. If especially if people didn't know about this case, I don't want people to forget their names. I don't ever want people to forget about this case. I want them to solve this. I That's why cold cases know, matter. Oh my gosh, they've. Well, I mean, all cases me. matter,
0: of course. Even cases but there's that are something, solved. Oh, but of course, but there's something special you don't get about much cold closure cold at cold all. Cold you get no. Cases, you get though.
1: no. You get no closure. You don't know who
0: did it. You don't know. It's like a, know. it's like.
1: For people who have a child missing, you'd almost you you'd almost rather know that they're dead, so that at least you have the closure of having a grave to visit or ashes to scatter. But when they're just missing,
0: and you have nothing, you have
1: nothing. I mean, it's like there will never be a closure ever, ever. So to the Sharp family, to you know, to Sue's family, to the to the remaining children, to Dana's family. Our condolences, our prayers. I, I really, really hope the police does justice by them. And I hope they find who was involved. Uh, and I hope Marty and John are, are burning. They're horrible. They're awful. I definitely believe they're involved. Marilyn, I hope you're listening. I hope you get in a train wreck. You're a horrible fucking person. And I think you were involved. And I hope you don't sleep at night. I hope you step on all the Legos and get hit tax. by and get hit by a train. Or tax. tax actually walk on tax and then get hit by a train
0: um uh not just a regular train a subway like There's how does your
1: soul how do you how do you live i don't understand that's my other thing too like how do people live with themselves with this like so i i'm sorry i forgot where i was at and I, paused, I know guys
0: i sorry had we, had, we had
1: we had to take a we had to take a potty break for a moment um, we were just talking
0: about remembering the victims. No, where we I and... do
1: remember where I was at. Um, I don't understand how people can live with themselves oh, yeah. when they no. have to hold secrets like that. Like, I, I don't understand. Under... That. It's just like... I really don't understand how you could even be involved with something that brutal and live with yourself knowing that you were involved and just. Never there are say times a word. that I haven't
0: been able to sleep because I've lied about very minute things, <laughs> like minute things. Yeah, much less having someone's death on my conscience. Let me tell you, I'd go mad.
1: Oh, there, there'd be no way. There'd be no way. No. It would be like the Telltale Heart. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like I would go in. I would. I would. I would go, go insane. insane. Like insane, I'd have to tell. Membrane. I'd have to tell someone. I'd have to tell someone. I couldn't live.
0: Hey, all you people. I, Hey, are you people? Hey, are you people? Once you listen to me, I killed someone. No, oh, um, I just had a sandwich No ordinary sandwich, a sandwich made of jellyfish jelly. I did throw that out there. Hey, man! SpongeBob. That
1: would, have, that would have been a totally different song. I knew where it came Spongebob from, but I was like, I was like, the dark this web. would have been a totally fucking different story.
0: SpongeBob um, the Dark Web. So guys, we are
1: done for tonight. Um, I know this was a relatively short one. um, But there wasn't a lot that needed to be said. Um, You know, obviously we didn't need to get into the gory details. It was a tragic, horrible, horrible murder. And um, yeah, we know who for the most part was involved. But obviously there were other people. And hopefully we will get to finding out shortly. Um, That people uh magazine doc if you guys wanted to watch it it uh was under the true crime section of discovery plus it's really really interesting it's about like 45 minutes um it's called
0: cabin 28 yeah it really it really gives an
1: insight to um the story even more so because it really puts a face to the family um the families of the victims and uh also it it was I think it was actually filmed in 2019. So I I like that it's so recent because that means that there's still an interest in the case, the case is still being looked upon and I just want them to get as close as possible. Hey, look, next month is April. Maybe for the anniversary, we we might get an answer.
0: That'd be awesome.
1: Cuz that would be nice. It would be well 1981. It would be exactly
0: 30, 40 30, years. 40
1: years. Ugh. It will be exactly 40 years next month. So, you know, it would be really, it'd be nice. It'd be really nice if next month something could come out, 40 fucking years later. It would be. So. Here's to hoping and praying, and again, condolences to the families, and um, I, I'm, I, I, I hate to say I'm happy, I don't want to, you know, obviously this wasn't a happy episode, but I, I just, I'm I'm happy. That we were able to talk about it so people never forget. People should never forget. Even after the crime is solved. Even after they find out who was involved and they're arrested and whatever. Still should never be forgotten. The Keddy Cabin murder should always... What happened at Cabin 28 should always be fresh on everyone's minds because it was really horrible. And lives were lost and it didn't need to happen and the police
0: fucking sucked back then, but... Now, you haven't even seen The Strangers, have you? You No, I, I won't watch it. Yeah, it's... It's, I I, it's won't <laughs> I won't watch it. It's hard to watch. I really it. like that movie, um, but it could really happen. And literally at the end of the movie, they're like, "Why are you doing this to us?" And their answer is, "Because you were home." Yeah, and see, that's why that's I'm, fucked up. That's why I'm like, "That's so fucked
1: up." All I needed to see was that tagline, and I said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't need to watch this." You know, very much in the same way that a lot of mothers or. You know, just parents in general. It's very difficult for them to watch horror or anything involved to do to, to do with kids, because it's so different. Because they have children of their own, so you you put yourself in their place, and that can just hit too close to home. The strangers, told, the strangers hits too close to home for me. My husband and I go to cabins regularly that's something that we really 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 like to do we're outdoorsy people and uh again like we know from a lot of the true crime episodes that we've done and like we just said earlier there are some crazy motherfuckers out there and that movie was just too real because could that happen absolutely but like yes. i have said before we are the wrong motherfuckers to do that too Cause we're not gonna be like this couple. Oh no, 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 no. no. Yeah.
0: Well, the problem we are not the is ones. that one of the the one of the guy had a shotgun, and his friend came over.
1: Yeah, and he shot his he friend. Fra- shot his friend, which always happens. Yeah. Which always fucking happens. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say in the <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that to. Okay, you know, did I
1: wouldn't. I didn't want you to die, but I didn't want to blast anyway. You're like, Jesus, ear-
0: someone's AirPod just flew across. Just like boop, just flew across the parking I'm lot. Back it's back gone right. <laughs> it's gone. Like, bitch, what the fuck did my <laughs> airpod go?
1: Bitch, what the fuck? You know, I have watched people do that. It's been at least three different times, twice at twice at the job and once at Target, where I've seen somebody like just Like their AirPod fell out, and they're just like randomly in the parking lot, like looking for their (laughs) AirPod. (laughs) Man, they are not doing me a good job selling the fucking
0: AirPods if they just pop out of your ear like that. Right? Fucked up. up. See, my ears are weird. So I have to get the ones that have the ear cuffs where it goes around my ear so it'll stay because nothing stays in my ear. Nothing does. Yeah.
1: I'm just trying to walk into Target and do my thing, and all of a sudden,
0: (laughs) the fuck? That AirPod was like, yay! (laughs) (laughs) fucking tiktok god damn it all right guys um next week we have a big surprise would you like to tell it because you were the one that reached out yeah
1: i got a wild hair at my ass and said she did and it paid off (laughs) i'm so fucking excited So, guys, we are going to be talking to no, not no, not that. Um, (laughs) if you guys have been uh following on social media, there have been um a series of movies that have come out since 2018, um, called The Fear Footage, and the thrill the trilogy is now complete. The third one came out last Friday, it was called The Fear Footage 3 a.m. And we are going to have the honor of speaking to the writer and director and creator of the series. So, um, I am very excited. Casper has not watched the
0: movies yet. Oh, I've seen two of them. You've
1: seen the, the, I didn't the see first the new one two. Yet. That's right. You've seen the first two. Guys, I haven't if seen the You new one yet. have not. Look, if you've not watched any of them, they're on Amazon Prime right now, or you can go to thefearfootage.com and yes. buy the uh, DVD or Blu-ray copies, um, please support. Please support, guys. I just want to say- I mean, I paid for them on Amazon Prime. I did too. But I I'm going- I'm going to. <laughs> I am going- We'll see, you haven't seen the third one yet, and holy fucking shit. It is one of the most insane trilogies I've ever seen. Just because you can now- I want to own all three of them, because now you can go back and watch all three, and it just- it's just Please. gonna keep looping and looping and looping. and So looping. what you're
0: telling me is it's an entire, it's a movie gif. Oh, I love it. A movie gif. Oh yeah. On um, like, you know what I mean. Um, I'm not gonna lie, the first one took me a little bit to get into, but the, I am telling you, give it time because the first one is setting. The I feel like the first one is a it really sets good the setup. Tone. Yeah. And it gets you kind of like, what's happening? What's going on? Kind of thing. Because right. I'm watching it and I'm going, this is a lot also, like VHS. Also, I love the marketing. Yeah.
1: I love the marketing. Love very, it. Very Blair Witch-esque. Love marketing. The
0: movies. very Blair Witch-esque. Yeah.
1: Well, it, they take a lot of, you know, I feel like this, I feel like all of them take a lot of elements from really, really great movies. And There's a
0: VHS element. There's a Blair Witch uh, paranormal element. Activity. Paranormal activity. Pa- <laughs> we're getting it. But literally the first five minutes of the second one, oh, yeah. I was watching it with my friend Taylor and I went, What the fuck? And she's like, What is happening? And I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. Literally halfway through the movie, I'm like, I'm so invested. What the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening? The movie ended and I'm like, what the fuck is happening?
1: <laughs> Let me tell you the third one fucks with fucked with me so bad. Because the first few minutes I was like lame and then i I was like wait and then all of a sudden it was like wait (laughs) i was wrong i was wrong i was way wrong what what is what the fuck and then it just then you're like it just snowballs and then i got to a point where i looked at my husband and i was like wait what if he so i basically figured out the ending about 20 minutes before it actually ended like about an hour and I was like um I, I think I I think I know how this is gonna and he's like wait what and then it ended and we both came up off the fucking couch like oh <laughs> it was like our team won the Super Bowl if we gave that much of a fuck about football and right? we really don't but it was like one of those endings and I've heard other people saying it like I can't wait to when it got back. to the end Like people came up out of their seats and were like, oh, oh, like, oh, like, I, I was, we, we were done. We were like, oh my fucking God. This is, also, I would would like to talk about
0: one of the ghosts in the first one. I did not appreciate.
1: Oh my God. Wait, which one? I'm
0: sure you know which one it was. It was like towards the very end and it was roared at him. Oh yeah, no. I was like, I did not appreciate it. Yeah, that. no,
1: no, no. No. Yeah, there's a but couple I oh can't wait. There's a couple scenes in the third one. I can't I don't like anything crawling. Yeah. Anyway. Something
0: crawls? You yeah, know that's I'm my sorry. inherent
1: fear. I'm sorry. Shit.
0: <laughs> they exorcist. No, it's no giveaway. Fucking exorcist. It doesn't ruin God anything. damn it. That movie is the movie that gave me the fucking complexion to begin with actually the Grudge did yeah. but the Exorcist. Well, no, know
1: that that one did and then yeah but um
0: guys please please we need to
1: support independent horror filmmakers can and writers we? can we and because they have original ideas can and we? if they take you can have you can be inspired by things
0: but this the is whole, the perfect example of that this is, this the, perfect is the perfect example, example of being you inspired yes you see blair witch you but see it's Karen an y. original but it's none of those ideas. Exactly. He did his own thing right. with those elements and that's what I love. And I like how it all
1: centers around this dark bluff town. And oh, it even had some, uh, now this doesn't, because it'll mention this in the third one again. But remember in the second one, there was like, there's always this weird fog. Yeah. And it's like you're driving, see that gave me like Silent Hill vibes. Like you drive into this weird fog. I thought fog, Centralia. And all of a sudden you're <laughs> in like a, you're in like another Dimension because or something, or because we remember they were remember in the second one at the end the house that they were at they were like uh, yeah that house didn't exist
0: mm-hmm. that
1: cabin that they stayed in, in the woods where you say says like well yeah that cabin wasn't fucking there and it's like okay well how the fuck were they there it's like it's like all of a sudden they go through this fog or mist and it's like they're in a parallel dimension which is like they're too. not even so there's once you get into the second one then there's mm-hmm. elements of that. This is what I'm saying. Like, look, guys.
0: See, this is something I would love to do if I was a filmmaker. I would take elements of my favorite horror movies, make my own idea, and put the elements in them. Just like he's doing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I cannot wait to talk to him. You can
1: rent the movies for $3 on Amazon. You can buy them for $5 on Amazon. Or you can go to thefearfootage.com and buy the Blu-rays. I plan on doing that. I I will do that as well. Um, these movies are fucking amazing. I am so, so excited to talk about them. I don't know how many spoilers we're going to have. We're going to leave this up to him. Um, the third movie just came out.
0: So like, I haven't obviously even seen it. I'm gonna gonna wanna it, Obviously, am going to want to give people
1: but... a chance to watch it before we start, you know, throwing spoilers out there. But, um, yeah. I am, I am thoroughly excited Darth about Vader
0: is Luke's father?
1: I mean you don't know that but
0: <laughs> it's just like pitch perfect i can't
1: help you it's just like oh pitch and perfect. luke and leia are they kiss but they're brother and sister so um it's
0: just like pitch perfect when she goes darth vader is luke's father and the guys like how in the world did you guess like one of the biggest cinematic his- movie- parts in movie history and she goes vader in german literally means father fuck vader Vader? vader. yes it does And she's like <laughs>
1: Weird. Okay. Didn't even put that connection Pitch together. Pitch
0: Perfect taught us something. Didn't even put that together. All right, my dudes. um Well, of course, you know all of our socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll let Don't Fuck with the original. Um, we, of course, have the email DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, want to say hey. And, of course, it, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Give us a follow, give us a review. Every little bit helps. We appreciate all of our listeners. We always do. You guys are the best. Uh, Tomorrow's movie review will be on Happy Death Day. Um, I was kind of hoping people would pick Freaky just because it was newer. I I had people comment. Um, that they wanted a Freaky one, so maybe that one will win sometime, but I fucking love Happy Death Day so goddamn much. I'll have to watch
1: Freaky when my husband's not around. We can watch it together. He despises Vince Vaughn. Um, The only
0: reason Freaky was so fucking good was because you have this Vince Vaughn man who looks like a fucking tank acting like a teenage girl. And a teenage girl acting like a serial killer. <laughs> it's, just, it's 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 really fucking funny. Especially when a girl, she's in his hilarious. body trying to convince her friends that it's her. Oh no. It's fucking hysterical. Oh my god. And he's like, How did I know all of this? And he's like, oh, I'm like, That's this is the funniest shit he's I've trying ever seen. trying to be a girl. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so funny. Um, um Happy Death Day is great. Happy Death Day. I the love sequel so much. I
1: eh. No. Nope. We're not gonna talk about it. Remember, I told you
0: I it really was really didn't like the It movie. was not terrible. I hated it. But it was terrible. <laughs> See my problem with the second one. You're the, right, it wasn't, but then I The it, first one was horror. Oh. The second fuck, yeah. one was sci-fi and a lot of romance. And I just I didn't want. I'm, when I watch a horror movie, I don't want romance unless yeah. what keeps you alive is happening. I want my mom. That's what I, I fucking want. I want my
1: mom, not some random ass mom. Anyway, I'm sorry. That, that movie just made me.
0: No, mad. but I explained to you why she. Did I that. know I it wasn't know. her life, and then I was like, yeah. But it was too sci-fi. It wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I, I, don't I have definitely... anything against sci-fi. I mean, clearly, but. It just, it mm-hmm. wasn't what I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, the first one was horror. It was a slasher film and it was perfect. I kind of also low-key wanted Satanic Panic to win because.
1: Okay, that movie.
0: The ending is so dramatic. Like Rebecca
1: Remain <laughs> is amazing.
0: That movie is so good. Satanic Panic is so underrated. She's amazing in it. Yeah, she is. Like, I need to see her in more roles like that. If you guys have never seen Satanic Panic, take the babysitter, the concept of that, and put it into a larger scale with a pizza delivery girl. That's what Satanic Panic is, and it's absolutely incredible. Um, All those movies are really good, but I kind of went along the same lines, but anyway, Happy Death Day 1, so that will be coming out tomorrow. I will be streaming on Saturday at noon, Life is Strange episode three, and Monday I will be finishing the finale of uh, Layers of Fear DLC Inheritance. So make sure to check that out as well. Hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Do some do
1: some fun safe stuff <laughs> with a mask. Because the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it.
0: The pandemic. The parallelogram. The
1: panic at the disco. The paradigm. Mercury's and Gatorade. <laughs>